The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to High Tea with Carla Stilwell, a current affairs and pop culture panel discussion series focusing on black women's issues. Starring Carla Stilwell, featuring Tamara Anderson and Nicola Blaze. Here's your MC, Carla Stilwell. Welcome to High Tea with Carla Stilwell, exclusively on PoppyChuloRadio.com, Poppy Chulo Radio Pop Culture On Demand. Today is Monday, October 17th, in the year of our Lord, 2016, and I'm your host, Carla Stilwell. Welcome to High Tea, the 1834 edition, because I'm not quite sure what year we're living in. Um... Come in, have a seat at my table, and let's sip these teas like it's the antebellum South. High Tea is your home for the biggest news stories in politics, black issues, women's issues, and pop culture. Let me introduce my uh, guests who are seated at my table with me, the lovely, incomparable Michaela Blaze. Hello, everyone. Hello, Carla Stilwell. Thank you. The tea is delicious here. Oh, lovely. I try to be a good hostess. <laughs> and Tamara, some people call her Tamara, rhymes <coughs> with Scara. I don't know what that means. Anderson. Hello, Tamara. <laughs> Hello. That's all I got. So there it is. That's all you, and that's all you need. Before we begin, here's our announcer with a few reminders of how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PCR. Hi T. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions? suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for High Tea with Carla Stilwell and subscribe. Thank you, announcer. So, High Teas. Whew, this week, I try, I try to do a script. I try to get organized. But this election cycle, this the news, the world is crazy as fuck. So, these first sips, we're going to try to get through them all because we have a really big show today. And it is a lot. And also later in this hour, an hour and a half, hour and a quarter, however we do it, <laughs> it will be our um, guest this evening, Dr. Obari Cartman. So we'll talk about that coming up shortly. But looky here. 
here in Chicago, this is just this is how crazy I, I'm, I'm reading this story because it's an illustration of how psycho the world is. So this is off DNA info. Um, a CTA bus passenger went on a frozen chicken swinging rampage last week. <laughs> First attacking a woman with a bag of chicken, then savagely beating the bus driver with the same bag of chicken, prosecutors say. Russell, um, K- uh, Caleb Russell, 27, became enraged when a woman wouldn't flirt with him Wednesday. So he attacked the woman with the chicken before setting his sights on the driver, according to authorities. That's what's going on in the world, Okay. So that's what's hot in these streets. I don't use chicken that way. I use chicken for good. I've never used chicken for evil like that. Like, <laughs> you know, and you know, I sometimes occasionally pla- practice ancient African um, tradi- religious rituals and traditions. So I have used the blood of a chicken on occasion, but I ain't just beat nobody with it. That's rude. And that's what's going on in the world. It's not so, wasteful. If it's still in the bag, you can hit some. You knock somebody <laughs> clean out and still throw that sucker back in the oven, and you good. Need, I'm just I need saying. You not to. But then your then your chicken all traumatized. You traumatized. You know, it's like bad juju how, on the chicken. It's bad. It's bad stuff on the chicken. Like the barbecue oh, sauce God. might jump off and say, "Oh my God, you used me for wrong. I feel <laughs> evil and dirty." Put me like, back in a bottle. No more hot sauce. Really, Back away. But for real, wait a minute. Like? There's some people when you smack the hell out of them with that chicken, the chicken tastes even better. I'm here to tell you. Well, I, I just, feel like I, I feel like know. you got. I feel like somebody is got some com, some demons to confess about their chicken. I'm I don't gonna know what you on. do with your chicken, young lady. Mm-hmm. But I right. would never hit some. A lot coming out. Mm-hmm. I cannot. I can neither confirm or deny the allegations. Thank you. <laughs> so let's. Let's let me move on because we do have so much to talk about. Lord, uh, black Jesus, and precious, sweet, and merciful baby, black Holy Ghost. So, Trump, Donald J. Trump, the first oh. Esquire, mm-hmm. has been on. He's at war with the GOP. He's calling pa- Paul Ryan a bunch of bitch ass babies. He's is nine accusers. I think we're up to nine accusers now. That says he un. Um, he unsolicited touched a pussy, so he's been accused directly of pussy grabbing. Um, the the supporters have all lost their mind. All of his surrogates. Ben Carson was on um, Morning Joe telling somebody to turn off a woman's mic. The world is gone to hell. Now, on top of all of this, Melania Trump. Or as we like to call her, Natasha from uh, Bullwinkle. Um, moose and Squirrel. Moose and Squirrel. <laughs> I'm here to get Moose and Squirrel. So Moose and Squirrel did an interview today. Bless her stupid little heart. She did an interview on, um, she was on Fox and she talked to Anderson Cooper today. And she is asked about uh, the tape, the infamous pussy grab incident of 2016. And she says, and I'm paraphrasing, I only think that Donald say things like this because (laughs) bad anchor Billy Bush 
egg him on is that how you say it in your country egg him on and make him say bad thing then <laughs> okay but and i we, came we here might to might have to put a moratorium on carla stillwell in <laughs> I mean, I love you like crazy, but like you're like Miss Cleo. You're like, listen. Okay, I okay. I, right. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Okay. Do you okay. Know I'm... Because it feels good to me, Makai. <laughs> it feels good to me. I don't need to. Okay. Ask anything, okay? You're nope. You sure really? don't. Really, really. Come really? back to Jamaica. Really? <laughs> and then, and then she says, <laughs> and what was her other word? What's her other? Her other quote is. I, I don't know about the uh, the Clintons. I think they started it with us, so we can bring up their uh, Bill Clinton infidelities. Oh my God! So blah, apparently, blah, blah, blah. we're classic, straight classic, up in it, high school. Yeah, it's classic Trump. It's deal with oh these God. people. I can't deal with these people. Uncle John McCain is now running around uh, doing uh, speeches about how, well, if Hillary Clinton is president, then we won't be, um, we won't uh, accept yeah. any of her Supreme Court nominate, nominees. We will block any Supreme Court nominee justice she puts forward. What, you old decrepit motherfucker, you muppet? What, how is this okay? Here's the here, and let me tell you, I'm a little bit salty with my president for not throwing his dick around a little bit more on this one. Like, mm -hmm. if if you don't want to hear my, I mean, he put one Supreme Court justice up, and he was like, "See, they're not gonna work with me," and he just quit. He needs to, honestly, I'd be throwing Supreme Court justice at a, at him all day, like all day long, yeah. just mm -hmm. like. Just one after the other after the other. He shouldn't have taken no for an answer. He should have put his. I mean, like, there's nothing. He's a he's he's the constitutional scholar. He knows this is within the realm of of his, um, mm -hmm. his job description to do this. And I can't believe. And that he can and he can still do it now. He can still do them up until the election. And he isn't. And there's going to be three. There's going to be three Supreme Court justices in their 80s. We have to imagine. I'm not saying that they go. A couple of them gonna drop. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it might happen. I'm not wishing evil on oh. anybody. I'm just saying. Yeah, some of them are pretty close. So yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it, right. It's it's gonna be. Uh, it, it might be some funerals. Mm -hmm. It might. And then um, and then it's gonna be like no Supreme Court to put one person. Like thing. I mean. I honestly, it's going to be Clarence Thomas sitting there and we're all going to move to because Canada. Because only, only the good die young. You know, a very good friend of mine in his 50s just died of lung cancer this week. But Clarence Thomas is still here. Like, where's the justice? <laughs> Where is the justice Ow. in this world? I'm just saying. Well. I, I think Ruth um, is still alive waiting for this election to be over and waiting to see what happens so she can die. I think she will live oh, yeah. until this is all over. <laughs> oh, they will wow. not they will not steal her legacy out and snatch it from her until she is cold and dead. And she's gonna make she, sure that, that never happens. Cause she I mean, she's always famous to me for writing that stellar rebuttal 
to why they you know why she dissented on the change of the Voting Rights Act. Her and Sotomayor's, you know, those two separate mm-hmm. rebuttals to to Clarence Thomas's damn, epic, epic. You know, beautiful, where it was epic and beautiful. But the same token, I, I mean, you can look at her and tell that she's had health issues or have you know hidden health issues. Well, first heart. of all, the the last um, well, who, state who of the is eighty who ain't got some health issues? The, the last <laughs> okay. state of the can union I, address, I, Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> was sleep. The yeah. last state of the union, she was sleep the whole goddamn time. She missed the whole thing. She's an old That's lady, odd. and she needs to retire and go go unstrap her soul and float on up to glory. But she's <laughs> not gonna do that, right? Until, because she knows it's only her, and so, like she knows what she's faced up against. Like that's why right. she's been. I mean, pure grit and like the and pure. <laughs> literally like holding on like it's only two votes that make a difference in this whole thing like i don't think she was waiting for the president to throw more justices i know she's like you only gonna bring sotomayor up in here like that's all you got that's it that's it you're gonna you're gonna take one no and just quit i'm sorry about that but i tell you what i I just don't feel like wait i don't feel like he just quit i feel like he's I think it's mm. always a part of a grander design to let the Republicans implode. I don't think it was quitting. I think it was the the I think there was a plan behind watching them eat themselves from the inside out. Like we're watching right now. Yeah. I think yeah. he played the long game. I don't think perhaps. Was. And it does it does create a certain sense of urgency for Hillary's campaign. So maybe exactly. that's exactly so Maybe I, th- that's I, think, it. I think, you know, I have been since I've been a Democrat since I was a little tiny baby Democrat sitting at my Democratic grandmama's knee. And, <laughs> wow. And oh, my God. I, Her I've Democratic been, I, grandmama's knee. Wow. Yes. Like, <laughs> did you have buttons on and stuff when you came my, over for Sunday baby, dinner? Let me tell you, Nanny would walk us when it was voting day, when it was time to vote. We would walk with Nanny to the polls. She got dressed up to go vote. Because my grandmother mm. was born in 1907. So she got dressed up to vote. Voting was a thing I that happened. That. And we were I Democrats. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that like and she would take us with her into the booth and we would watch her vote. And she would mm. discuss it. Like so. I have the the thing my family has always had about the Democrats is there's no there has been no fight in the party for years. They haven't mm-hmm. been playing the game. They haven't been they've been standing on the side of righteousness and not just getting in the dirt. And I think for the first time in the last like eight, ten years, the Democrats have finally gotten the mud. I think Al Gore and John Kerry were a sign that it was time for the party to come together and get in the dirt. I think it was all part of a long game. They haven't gotten in the dirt nearly as see, much. See, you want them more. There. And I, I, you yep. want them to go there more. I'm yep. just glad they're going so there do. at all. Because mm-hmm. like everybody's like, Trump is, oh my God, Hillary Clinton is leaking these tapes. Yes, I'm certain she is. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just so, like I mean, leaking all them whack ass emails. Right, right. But I mean, emails I, about emails with recipes and nobody care about. 
the emails about John Podesta's risotto. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. He was like, if you want to make a good risotto, you got to stand there. I'm like, what? Why do I, I don't I don't want to read any sixty something year olds emails under any circumstances. That sounds like <laughs> they could pro any any sixty or something year old that I know can delete thirty thousand emails and I won't miss a beat. Let me tell you, this was funny. I was watching John Stewart. I don't know, did we uh I don't know if we talked about this last week, but it tickled me. So watching John Stewart, he had, you know, not John Stewart, Lord Jesus, Noah Trevor. On the Daily Show, I keep wanting John Stewart Trevor to Noah. Trevor, Trevor Noah. Noah. Noah Trevor. The, I always get his name confused too. Oh so because he has two first names. It's uh, it's messed up. It's messed up. But he's a sweetheart. Anyway, he had this comedian on, and he was talking to her. He was like, "Yeah, like she." Hillary said there were like thirty-three thousand emails. And they were about a wedding. Who sends thirty-three thousand emails about a wedding? And this chick, she goes. Oh, apparently you've never planned a wedding. <laughs> she was All like, right. she said the fact that there were only 33,000 about a wedding means that proves even more that she is efficient and a go-getter. And she should <laughs> be allowed to run it. She can run this country. Absolutely. I'm like, you know, it's like, who gives a snatch? But anyway, let's keep moving. You said a snatch. Not a snatch, not a snitch or a snatch about them emails I told y'all. She could have emails about how to cook math, and I'm still voting for Um, Hill Hill is up to 50% in some polls, so she's up by 12, I think, in the Monmouth poll. They have her up by 12 points. Yeah. Um, I think the Fox News poll has her by the smallest more portion, um, which is... Shocker. Um, <laughs> which right, is four like, points. Because it's F-A-U-X news, not Fox news. Like. <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> so but, every, but every poll has her up. Um, most polls have her up by double digits. Um, many polls, she's completely, she has more than 50% of the female vote, 70 plus percent of the African-American vote, 60 plus percent of the Latino vote. So as long as no emails come out with naked pictures of Hillary's breast assist, I think we're good. Um, I think titties always help. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not saying um, anything about, I haven't seen Hillary's titties, but I think just in general, as a general rule, I think titties okay. always help. Okay, move on. Well, it, you know, it's true. It's true. Cleavage has gotten me out of many a parking ticket. Hello? Um, the uh, In North Carolina, in Hillsboro, North Carolina, there was a, a firebomb of a um, Republican Trump headquarters. Uh, somebody blew that motherfucker up and they quote unquote vandalized the outside. Well, it wasn't a quote. They showed the pictures of vandalized Nazi Republicans leave town or else. This is a mm -hmm. 90 plus percent Democratic county where this happened. But, you know, the Dems even though I think it was set up. We want to talk about conspiracies. I think this was a conspiracy. I, I just don't think Democrats. It's just, I, it, this is not our MO as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a people. I just don't think it happened. But hey, what did the Democratic Party do? Got together, crowdfunded $13,000 
to fix up this little um, Trump headquarters and that money was raised overnight. So yay us. Um, and now it's not big news. So the other thing um, going on with these elections. So this is one of the reasons I'm confused about what year we're in. Do we all remember David Clark? Sheriff David Clark? Mm, I need a reminder. That just sounds yeah. like some people Sheriff I know. Sheriff David Clark is the um, black sheriff who spoke at the RNC convention. Who is, um, I believe, is, is he in I remember him. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this crazy motherfucker. One, yeah. Uh, who is supposed to be a, a agent for law and order. Said uh, publicly yesterday that, and this is, you know, reported on the Huffington Post. That, you know, if this election goes the way it looks like it might go, we just need to revolt. It's time to get out the pitchforks and the torches. Wait, 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 what? He doesn't think if people get out pitchforks and torches that his ass is going up first. (laughs) I just, I just want to be clear. I just, I'm no, he doesn't. No, he feels like he would be on the other side with the pitchforks (laughs) and he would be protected. Him and his blonde wife. Yes, they'll be protected. Um, yeah, he's he's like that uh, Dave Chappelle, the, yes. the black dude like, who was in, like in the, the in the clan, the blonde one, the blonde, the black KKK rebel. Yes, yes, damn it! He, oh God, who's um, gonna tell him he's black? Who's gonna do it? Not, we need we need to elect a representative. Are you, are you gonna tell him? You is it I, you? No. Watch, I, I listen, sure will. I'm not. I'm not gonna tell him he's black. I'm gonna let the universe remind him. That he's black because it's gonna happen because he it happens to everyone. Pitchforks and torches, like he said he, pitchforks and torches, baby. Well, no, he's but he's not watching Frankenstein and he he learned something. Listen, now he's not the worst of them. Can um, Kentucky Governor Matt Beaven says that bloodshed might be needed to protect conservatism. He was, he he was, he did a 15 minute speech at the Values Voters Summit in Washington, D.C. on Saturday. And he said, quote, Values Voters, they all have coupons or? I I guess that they carry their racist (laughs) coupons. I guess, I I guess you get 20% off at Walmart for guns (laughs) if you're in the Value Voters. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get the Sunday paper and cut shit out. Okay. Yeah. I'm not hanging out with that. America's worth fighting for ideology, ideology, ideologically. I want us to be able to. Can you say that word one more time? Ideologically. (laughs) I just wanted to hear one more. With the Eastern European accent, though. I mean, like, let's just just wrap all this shit up in a bow. That's too difficult. Get off my back today. A complete. Ideologically. Okay. Ideolo- ideologically. Yes. I baby, want us yes. ideologically. I can say words sometimes. Oh, I want yeah, us yeah. to be able to fight ideologically, mentally, spiritually, economically, so that we don't have to do it physically. But that may in fact be the case. 
Ooh. He's calling yeah. Muggs out? Hey, hey he want to get... He want to get wicked with folks. He he like, we about to get out here and do this thing. I'm telling he you, this fighting is these. super dangerous. This is it. The margin of how much Trump, because I, I feel comfortable now. I was a little worried before, but I feel comfortable now saying the, um, that Trump is going to lose. But the margin by which he loses is critical. Yes. Because the next dude is going to come up saying the same racist, sexist, nasty bullshit, but he'll be a little more cleaned up, right? And and it'll start mm-hmm. a trend. I, I think, how do I say it? Because I hear you, but here's what I think. I think the problem is not that Trump has opened the door for another clean cut racist. I think the problem is that they've all been clean cut racist. And then we and they evolved. Like homeo like like homeo erectus into Trump. She said erectus. I said so oh I I think it's I think it's he is the no, no, but I, I appreciate that. I need them. I need political correctness. I need them to go back in the closet. I need them to not like <laughs> every time I'm like out having a beer to have some whole hey n word hey bitch let me grab your pussy ha 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 like they I I don't need to start that over. I mean I'm really proud that we've moved past that. I'm really well, proud well, of my niece and nephew. Like my nephew. Um, hangs out with this kid who's special needs. And I was like, yeah, do, do kids make fun of him a lot? Or, and he was like, no, Auntie Kyla. Why would they make fun of him? It's not his fault. Like, he was disgusted with me that I would even have the idea that something bad could happen to this kid. You know what I mean? Like, well, the concept I, One of, of the it. schools I taught at um, uh, was a high school, George Washington. And there were juniors and seniors in my acting class. And one of the girls, one of the juniors, she was um, female to male trans. And she was in the process of transitioning. And the day that they signed all the paperwork and she was able to use the boys' bathroom, the other kids, like, brought her gifts. Mm-hmm. Like, woo! See there? Like, you, they we, totally get it. I was like, this would never have happened when I was in high school. This never. is the greatest thing ever. Ever. But here, but here's the, okay, so. So I don't want to go back. I don't want to, I don't, I'm not ready. Well, I think we're already back. And I think we're already back because people have been letting soft shelled racism. (laughs) Walk around. The soft shoe racism. Like throw some sand on the ground and and drop the N word while you're doing it. Racist. So real quick, and then we have to move on to our big segment tonight because man, oh man, it's Shevitz. Um, this is happening in Chicago right now. So many, um, there are a, a bunch of actors and of color and staff members leaving second city they're quitting in droves because the audience 
has gotten so rude. The audience okay. has gotten racially inappropriate. So I, I read that article and I have to say they must be, and you know, this is me a conspiracy theorist, but they must be leaving because the management is not supporting them. Because this is what and that is That is exactly why they're leaving. Right. Mm-hmm. That is exactly yeah. why they're leaving. They feel like this Trump, you know, the, the, the article is around this Trump world is now giving permission. First of all, I'm mm-hmm. from Chicago, bitches. They, those races have been lurking around the streets for my whole life. So right. they were waiting for a corner. They to put were their little pinky toe in. They're like, like "Yay, right. we popular like, now. Move so, over." So you know, they they've been waiting. They've been waiting for the moment. But so I mean, they, blame it on Trump if you want to. But honestly, but Second City has never checked their audience because they've never checked their own racism. Ooh. <laughs> so <laughs> of course. So now everybody's like, oh, my God, we have to protect our actors. You should have been protecting your actors of color. Oh, wait, you didn't have any. Ooh. So Did you just call them out like that? Did you just call hey, them out like that? Well, I mean, when I was training listening. there, I was one of two. <laughs> when I was working there, I was one of It was always it was one of two. I mean, I wouldn't trade what I got, but it was one of two. Right. Like the Detroit so, Second City was way more colorful than Chicago Second City. Right. That's so, you right. know, I mean, you, so you have never had any diversity. You've never done the work. You've never felt, you've never um, tilled the ground for this. Then you want to throw some Latinos and some African Americans and, and some Asians at the stage on occasion. And then you want to try to throw this diversity out to your racist crowd. And I'll say this. So I was just a friend of mine just graduated the conservatory. And so I was just there, I want to say two weeks ago. They don't Mm -hmm. have security of any form there. They have like some servers and some, but what needs, I mean, they just need to be prepared. I mean, like if this is, is, if this is a trend, you need to have some big dude at the door who the show, whole show stops, lights come up, and and you know, uh, Debo comes out and is like, <laughs> "Bruh, you gotta go, bruh, bruh. Yeah. I'm gonna need you to He's raise like the up Black right Hulk. now. You need something. Like, he can be of a, a variety of colors. He can be whoever it is. He can be whatever it is. But if 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 there were certain people there." who were acting a fool or, um, you know, they would get security for black people if they weren't acting right there. Right. So if you find that you have safe. a bunch, that's yeah. it. You can't you crack a joke. You need to be able to like, right. deal with it. So you have to, they have to prepare. If this is the trend, they have to prepare and, and have people look, you and, and uh, your girl here, Becky Sue, got to go. All of y'all. Becky with the good hair. Gotta go. <laughs> and so, and I was, and I respect and support the artist and the administrators that have walked out. I think that's admirable. Big time. And Let's I, give them a round of applause. Woo, I support them. Yes. And I'm hopefully the management, the owners will hear this because it is not about the audience. It is about making a protected space for art to happen, right? And they do. Um, racially charged 
pieces there, but I think they do them in a really classy way. And I think because, you know, um, I wouldn't say the cast is super diverse, but there's there's enough people there, and there's a and even the white folks there are thinking about things in a deep way, so that um, they can make jokes about race without being offensive. And so if you've got some people that are acting ridiculous, you need to have them just raise up. Or if you don't want to have security- but it's, also, have- but it's also improv. Like improv is supposed to walk that line all the time. Right. You know, that sketch right. comedy is supposed to challenge, you know, sketch comedy is supposed to be, the best sketch comedy is pulled out of the headlines, ripped from the headlines or ripped from what's going on, what's popular. So. Yeah, you should be able to do that. And you should be able to do that with an audience that, I mean, this switch in their audience, this new vocalness where it's becoming dangerous is definitely very interesting because that's the reason why they don't have security because they've never really had an issue. Well, they've never had an issue because they never did anything that could be of an issue because they've been soft peddling and telling soft, let me get off my soapbox (laughs) because I'm about to say something. Right. (laughs) Are you feeling they're a little too kumbaya? But I mean, you can even have the audience police themselves. Like lights go up. Hey, nothing else is going to happen on this stage. So you raise up. That's just everything stops. And you have people boo them out. I mean, well, I don't know what the what the solution is. Well, but if people are leaving their jobs, leaving their passion, leaving because the people that I know that are involved with Second City are very excited about oh, it they're yeah. really passionate about mm-hmm. it like this is a dream come true for them if people are just like i can't do this then that means you're not you're not providing a safe space for them well here's the thing and this is the truth about theater uh, this is the truth about any theater in the country diverse well any company diversity starts from the front office diversity starts from the top down you are not being diverse if you have some people of color running around at the bottom realm, which in theater is actors, but you don't have anybody in the front office, producers and uh, artistic directors, executive producers that actually are Truth. seeking to here, have here. a diverse conversation mm-hmm. and to yeah. infuse- Finger snaps are happening right now. Finger snaps are yeah. happening. And yeah. to yeah. infuse right like to infuse diversity into the culture so that that can't that's not going to happen until the front office changes the actors and the artists and let me say again everybody that left is not black or 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 of color right women women white women are leaving white men are leaving people that have a conscience are just not able to watch it and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's because Second City, God bless their selves and their hearts, has never been diverse at the top in its offices. Mm-hmm. How many people well, are at the top? Oh God, I don't know. I'm I'm certain so they have they a have big a, staff. They at least ha- they have to have a, a front a front office of at least 20, 30, mm-hmm. enough. Enough, right? Enough. Come on, throw that, one of us in, dang. That I, I know there, there is one um, young woman, I won't say her name, 
right now that has been integral, but she has the diversity, um, black people shows, black people of color, culture, brown mm-hmm. people section that has always functioned over here and mm-hmm. has never been a part of the whole, in my opinion, from what I've seen. It's been its own thing. Oh. oh right, it's always been separate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let me get off of that. So let's move forward because we got to get to these finger sandwiches because we have to get to our guests tonight. Um, so excited about the guests. It is. So y'all, I've had a terrible, emotionally charged. I've been triggered this whole week. Totally triggered. I've been fighting with black men up and down the Facebook, my male friends. Just totally fighting about the mutilation of black female bodies, about the um, rape culture that mm. is permeating our society, and specifically the way it affects black women. Mm. Because the argument I've been having. Most of it has been around Nate Parker and Birth of a Nation. So we all know if you listen to the show the last few weeks, I've been having my tantrums about, oh, my God, I can't support him. He's a rapist. Well, apparently a lot of people felt the way I felt and the movie has not done well. So I read another article, though. It hasn't done terribly either. It didn't fully tank. People still showed up for it. It wasn't the percent of the audience were black for black females too. Mm-hmm. But it did not, it did not make the money that they thought it would make. Right. No. It, right. An effect was had by a certain protest, and then uh, many people I talked to didn't even like, just didn't like it. People that I know right. see it said it wasn't good. Um, right. Which is another. But they didn't. Why. They didn't like the women were silent. A lot of people didn't like that. Well, you know, I talked to men that went to see it and they didn't like the way the story was told, period. Like they just Yeah, no, no, yeah, great. men and women. Right. They right. were just like they didn't like the way the way the, the women the the roles of the women are very silent roles. Right. And so a lot of them just thought that, that was, you know, historically inaccurate. Right. So and, and let me go ahead, babe. No. I, I was just gonna say, so what what's happening now is there has been a lot of feminist, uh, womanist, black womanist shaming Mm -hmm. about, well, look what you people did to this film. See what you did? Look what you women did to this film. You let, and there there have been a couple of articles that said you let the corrupt white man tell you not to support this black man. Hold up, Jim Shue. (laughs) Hold them up. Wait a motherfucking minute. Not even good gym shoes. Like kids. Like Hold on, kids. Hold on, kids. <laughs> what's the what's the um pay less version? Hold on, champions. Oh, I can't tell they forty dollars. They cost more than the kids now. So yeah, I think they that like right. I think that's a better shoe. You're right. Honey, please. Come on now. What 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 so I'm supposed to swallow 
um, domestic abuse, rape. I'm supposed to put all of my feelings about those things as a woman on the back burner because a black man made a movie because he's black and male. So this black male's career is supposed to trump my emotional health. Wow. Here, I'm, so I'm going to be devil's advocate a little bit on this one. Um, I think it is interesting that this gentleman has made a variety of movies. Um, and this is the one that it probably got the most attention because it was so epic in terms of its, um, what was it, Sundance? It was um, also the first yeah. movie he's ever produced and directed and because of Sundance. Like that was, that, that put him in a very high profile, high spotlight, very quickly. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have to tell you, like for me personally, I don't, I don't, like, I didn't see 12 Years a Slave. I, I heard about it, and it was like, hmm, black people getting beat up for a couple of hours. Not so much. When I heard, mm -hmm. you know, there's a big rape scene, and, and that's what sets him off. And, um, you know, uh, Nat Turner, like, the majority of people he killed were men and, or were women and children. Um, like, all of that made me, hmm, not so much. And, and, um... And so it, it might also be the content. It might also be the subject matter. It's not Medea, right? <laughs> not, right. Not that I'm saying <laughs> like people should run out the door and see every Medea movie, but it's, it's not a feel good movie. It's really something that you have to be ready for and in tune with. And then you throw some shit on there. Some, uh, some, uh, I'm a rapist and not only that he went through those challenges, but as we discussed last week, or not only that he was a part of that situation, but but also last week, um, as we discussed him being so very unapologetic. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's already come out that he did not pay heed to any of what information, what the publicist asked him to do. Right. Is that what happened? Because I was wondering. Yeah. Like, well, yes. well, there were there were there were two levels. There were two levels to it. When the yeah. when the news first broke about his rape or of his of his accusations and his trial, Oprah Winfrey herself, Mother Queen Oprah, called him because you know Oprah had been about this film. She was ready to promote it. She was ready to mm -hmm. do anything she could for this film. So Mother Oprah called him and said, "Go on Gail's show. This is what you talk about." Answer mm. these questions and put this behind you. He said, yeah, thanks for the call, but no thanks. Ooh, then, see? See? The, yeah. then Fox Searchlight yeah. was like, Sent look. Gave him a whole team of people. They gave him like, a this team. Is what, this is what's going to happen. They gave him a football player. I can't think of the guy's name. He's an ex-football player. Now he's a domestic violence oh, yeah. advocate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They gave him this advocate, like, these are the talking points. This is how you discuss it. Like, he was like, yeah, but no, I got this. I got this. I'm I'm not sorry. That's fucked up what happened to her, but I'm not sorry. Right. And, and the thing is, is that he, I don't know why he didn't take, you know, the lessons from what happened to Monique after, um, after Precious. You know, she refused to do anything that the mm -hmm. studios asked her to do. And then next thing you know, she's lip syncing and Bessie. 
Yes. After she oh. won the after oh. she won the Academy Award. Yep. And I yes, mean Taraji herself took her to the side and said, This is what we do. This is how we work. This is what happens. And some people well, can say, Well, why do people have to, you know, why do black people have to do to well, you know what we do? And you know what this honey, is a business. We all just, do. It's not we just black do. people. We all do. But also <laughs> he could have fucking really like educated himself and just sat down quietly and thought about it. What no, you did but he but wrong. but yeah, but but he didn't. And not only that, I, I have to even go even a little step further. So 12 years of a slave was 89% historically accurate. Right. So that means for a whole generation of people who maybe have never read Samuel Winthrop's book, they can go to the library if they choose to read it and say, oh my God, I actually saw this in a film. There were a couple artistic licenses. Yes, because it's a film. Right. 89% of it for a generation that's getting no history in our schools right now, they could run around and actually speak some truth about his life. Right. This particular movie did two things at the same time not very well, according to whichever. Like, you know, you could read like 500 synopsis and realize that Nat Turner historians, which there are many, Mm-hmm. have plucked this film apart because the fact is not about Nat Turner. It's like his it's, name it's, is in the oh. film. It's, it's, a, it's, it's almost a It's a historical recreation. It's mm-hmm. almost right. fiction. Right. <laughs> it is. It's almost fiction. So I would have actually preferred if you took Birth of a Nation, the original Birth of a Nation. The original Birth of a Nation was a silent film. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a guy in blackface it it basically you see it um immortalized in 13th as the fact that this film as much as we want to hate it really tells the truth about how black people going to be treated by the justice system in the United States right 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 so what you could have done is you 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 could have made it about Nat Turner which you know who was wrongfully you know da 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 whatever or you could have made it about slavery you could have made it simply about slavery. Pick a story, any story, and basically well, used it to counter the narrative of the original movie, right? Right. Well, here's the thing. I'm not trying to adjudicate his film or his choices because I care not. I, yeah. I honestly, like, I don't even care about him. Like, he doesn't care about women. Clearly, I don't care about him. What has irked me and, and, and actually literally triggered me is this idea that I am being asked by men of color to yeah. choose between mm-hmm. my femininity, my, my, my womanness and my blackness. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that I cannot yeah. be intersectional in my, mm-hmm. in my, uh, um, politics. And that's right. the argument, you know, you're yeah. being attacked. You, you get attacked. Same- it's the same conversation about Bill Cosby. It's the same conversation about mm-hmm. R. Kelly. It's the same conversation that is going on. And I'm, I frankly am sick to fucking death of it. I can't have this conversation anymore. So black men, if you're listening, don't ever tell me that I need to think about the bigger picture of this black man and the system taking him down when it comes to the mutilation, the abuse, and the and the destruction of black female bodies 
because I'm not going to do it. Oh, oh yeah. It was Don't a lot of hotel BS. It was, and I mean like hotel BS based upon self, uh, self-hate. Cause I was, I think I wrote that on one of the articles that I had, uh, the article that, uh, we reused in, uh, when we on the blah, blah, that's listed here, the self-hate, the woman's version and the man's version both hated themselves in writing. And whenever you put that topic on your Facebook page, it took a life of its own. Right. And no matter how many times I jumped in with some facts, I said, well, maybe, you know, sometimes facts <laughs> lure people into a place of sanity. I said, well, in 1990, these were the current rape laws in the state of Pennsylvania. Because mm-hmm. this case was tried in Pennsylvania, where I live right now. Mm-hmm. The same state and city that did a huge expose on the on the on the parsity of the rape laws here how terrible they are they actually wrote a huge five-day spread in city paper about it which educated me even more about what happens here in pennsylvania right the depositions of these cases are available all over just like with bill cosby it's not a secret it's it's pup commonwealth of pennsylvania is pick a click there it is boop boop comes up so and you know you know Bill Cosby's uh, attorney quit. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt. I just no, no. So that's there. the thing. So I, like people have been jumping in, like educators, librarians, people who I soon read. I'm sure when they hear this, they're gonna be like, "Oh, why you have to?" I don't care. I called you out on my page. I'm like, I need you to read a book in your library. Any book. Go go to the law section and just look at it. Just pick pick one. You know, and and I had people, people who hadn't talked to me in 20 years who are my friends but are lurkers jumped in. Well, tomorrow, why would you say that? You know, you have such a strong voice. Oh, oh, so because I'm saying this, that means everybody, you know, nobody else is saying this. This is the truth. And if you want to be even a bigger truth, the bigger truth is he clapped back at a black woman who's a yes. cancer survivor who was yes. most beloved in this country. Like mm-hmm. he could not figure out how to even respect the woman who is actually who actually trumps him. Like right. if we was playing Trump Big Wiz, if we were playing Big Wiz, Robin Roberts is she is a Boston. She is she every is a Boston. Book. Boston. Yes. She is all books. What's so that? The yes. train? The train to she Boston? Is, she is your she is <laughs> yeah. an elder stateswoman in your culture. And you couldn't figure out how Don't to have enough humility. Dare. Don't you I mean dare. it was was nasty. Nasty. Nasty, 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 nasty. And I was like, oh, Mm-mm. So this nope. is who he is. And no, I don't ever have to choose that because we share a culture. This no. is it. And I think this I is it. And this is it. I think the whole discussion for me changed when I saw the interview. Because I, I knew at first I blamed his handlers and this and that. But then I, you know, just like you said, he had plenty of he had plenty of input. Um I knew that he'd had other voices in his head and this is the choice he made. So now I have to know who he let me know who he is. Right? Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. it. You so I'm sure somebody, 
somebody that he trusted and somebody around him had to say something that made some damn sense. And he still was like, mm, no, it's just, it's, it's like, you know, when I get my kids dressed in the morning and I'm like, oh, babe, I know you are trying to feel this moment in your life and you want to wear that with that. But I just, no. uh, um, and they want to go for it. We make those decisions. I keep it moving. But this is what's in them. That's what I give it up to, right? This is what's in them. They want to wear the stripes and the spots and the ballerina <laughs> skirt. And they want to put, they want to, Scarlet today went with a full afro. And then one of those little clips that that you can buy at the dollar store with like one braid of like real stringy hair that's like blue. Um, because that's what that, she wants that's, to that's express. That's how she felt this morning. That's who she is. So I have to say, this is who he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. There it is. You're this like is this. This is my truth. That's my let, truth. Right. Let, let, this is let, all let me... of our truth. So we've been talking about this rape culture, domestic violence, Nate Parker, all of this. Um, right now, we even are dealing with this um, hashtag repeal the 19th, where people are out here talking about women shouldn't even have the right to vote. Um, so I thought I'd bring in, uh, a, a, an acquaintance of mine, a gentleman, uh, Dr. Obari Cartman, who is doing some wonderful work here in Chicago. Um, welcome Dr. Cartman. So Dr. Obari Cartman, writer, therapist, photographer, and drummer, Chicago native, Mm-hmm. True, true, and true. <laughs> Working at several African-centered institutions and communities in and out of the Chicago public schools. Um, mm -hmm. You received your undergraduate degree from Hampton University and a PhD in clinical and, and community psychology from Georgia State mm. University. All-around great guy. You're currently working as a restorative justice coach with help healing empowering and learning professions in the chicago public schools how are you to this evening sir i am wonderful thanks for coming to talk to us today thanks um, for having me so this is domestic violence awareness month and yes. um i you and i are are acquaintances and mm -hmm. i peeped this event that you're having on the Thursday, October 28th, uh, October 28th, mm -hmm. Lord God, don't listen to me. I'm not like Donald Trump. I know the dates on Thursday, <laughs> October 20th <laughs> of this week, um, called raising our sons, preventing black male violence against women. So can you tell us what was your impetus for this event um well this event i wanted to do to bring some of the conversations that i've been having with the young men in the high schools and in some elementary schools to some degree around reshaping the narrative around masculinity um undoing some of the toxic things that happen in the socialization of men through the media through our families uh, a lot of my work is just around recentering what it really means, a true authentic version of manhood that isn't filtered through outside sources, through 
you know, corporations and that kind of stuff. And in those conversations, I bump up into a lot of roadblocks, resistance, and specifically having conversations about women and respecting women and valuing women. A lot of men have lots of really ugly ideas around what they think women like, what they think women deserve, what power they believe that they should have in interactions between women. And so I wanted to have a conversation with adults, like a public conversation around some of the, the things I use to have the conversation, the video clips I, I show, um, the, the types of things that uh, I, I find challenging in this work just to for me to help think through as a community what are some of the best ways to go through focusing our attention on the boys developing good strong uh honest caring compassionate men in ways that i don't think is happening as much as it needs to be right now so why focused on the boys why are you starting the conversation from that perspective at this time um well there's a couple of things well one recently there was a story of a sister in chicago who I saw came across my timeline was about a week or so ago who was stabbed by her ex-fiance in I want the 30s and 31st and King in a high rise and so the story was um it was the story was centered around like her her last text to her father um but the, the idea is that she got stabbed because she wanted to return the engagement ring to this fiance and the framing a story like that always makes the reader feel like I wonder what the woman could have done differently if she had a new karate or if she had mace if she had weapons if she didn't let him up if she went downstairs to meet him if there was a group of people around us there's things that we always think that uh, when we centered around reframing the conversation that it should be what is a woman's responsibility for staying safe and for me I think that there's no way to really get at the root of rape culture of domestic violence of violence against women if we're not addressing the perpetrators of that violence and only just thinking about the victims of that violence. And so the point shouldn't be women need to do better. The point should be men need to do better. And it has to take men stepping up into the lives of young men to help redirect the the, the causes of that man, this 35-year-old man. Like so many things have happened to him. So many things were, were put into his brain around um I don't know, just what, what he thinks power is, what, what he believes his, he's entitled to before that one moment. Um, that his family says he was depressed, there's other things that, that are supposed to be explanations for, but I think some of it has to do with this toxic masculinity that men are taught and that there's no one really doing the work of like breaking through some of the messages that we get. So uh, I think it's nice to have candlelight visuals and to have the marches and feminist conferences and women's circles. But if, if men aren't a part of the work, it can't just be about healing the women. It has to also be about uh, preparing the men. So I think that we need to do more to redirect, to focus on who's doing the harm. Um, and that's the boys, overwhelmingly. It's just young men, older men that feel entitled to be able to take life or to use their strength and power or violence to control or as a, as a release. Um, that guy ended up jumping out the window. So it was a, it was a murder-suicide. So there's so many things happening to play. And I think my role as a mental health professional has to think through digging at the layers that I thinking about the people and the problems and the sicknesses that impact the moment that turns into violence for us. Here, so, here. yes. Oh, whew, Lord. Um, so important. Lick, so I'm listening to um, online, listening to um, some clips from the Breakfast Club 
uh, with Charlemagne the God and uh, Angel Angie Yee and DJ Envy, and they were talking about um, Amber Rose and talking about um, her slut walk and mm-hmm. slut shaming and the conversation of rape culture came up and DJ Envy was very um, he had lots of angst mm-hmm. in this conversation and and part of his angst was. Um, he didn't understand rape culture. He didn't understand what that meant. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm like, this is 2016. Who doesn't understand? But then we yeah. think about um, what's going on with Nate Parker. We think about yeah. what's going on with Derrick Rose right now. Um, mm-hmm. We think mm-hmm. about um, what's going on with the uh, Republican nominee mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, uh, in our nation. And I have to stop and say, maybe there is a disconnect mm. about the idea, the meaning of rape culture. So could you in just a few, you know, it, I know this is a bigger topic, but can you give a, like a, a, a little synopsis for any men that are listening that might be confused uh, mm-hmm. about what, what exactly does that mean for them? Right. Um. Well, I think one of the things that helps that helps men, particularly black men, because black men find themselves in that intersection between the understanding the down, the, 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 the inferior supposedly place in the society as a black man, but also as the privilege of being a, a, a male in a society that preferences men. And so black men find themselves in the middle of that. And so I think it's, it's been useful when I have these kind of conversations to think through using race as an analogy for power because men get that men get police brutality they get that there's a couple of uh, you know even some good cops that have videos doing like you know playing baseball with the kids that 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 does not take away from a violent culture of a police system so there's you know there's good cops there's bad cops but the point is that there's no there's no consequences for when harm is done and so the same thing is true, I think, around women, that there's uh, an allowance of violence against women. There's an allowance of disrespect and devaluing and not compensating and all these kind of things that we've kind of taken for granted. And that men get this angst, like the DJ you're describing, because we always want to position ourselves as like one of the good ones. Because we, we, we create these images where there's monsters out there that are doing the raping. Like, I'm not, I'm not them. I'm not sneaking into the woman's house or, you know, I ain't got the, the burglar mask on and I'm not violently, you know, doing all this harm to women. But we don't think through the, the rape culture part where these, it's much less insidious stuff that we do to contribute to a world where men have more power, more value than women do. And we don't think about that until it impacts like women in our life, like our sisters get hurt or uh, our mothers talk about some, some type of experience with sexism or patriarchy. Because um, we just, we are on the, the privileged side of that. That's what happens when you're at the top. But you don't really think about how it impacts the people that are hurt by the system. And so men need to be able to, to have some empathy, some compassion around what it means to be in a world where you're always constantly thinking about your safety, particularly right now. When we're talking about black people, the Black Lives Matter movement has put some awareness around black people in general being under attack. So it's completely unfair that black women have to also, while on the front lines fighting for our, uh, for our justice, have to go back home and deal with their partners or with their brothers or with their 
pastors sometimes, the men in their life that are supposed to care about them and still be thinking about their safety. Um, I didn't realize for myself how much I'd never really considered just the privilege of being able to walk around as a man until I spent a night in, in, in jail one night in, a couple years ago in, in Atlanta. Um, silly story, blah, blah, blah. But I was there, and for a moment, I was like... I, I, was, I was thinking about That's like, what TV I say shows. about all my jail time. I always say silly story, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. For another story for another day, okay? But like, I was in jail, like, I was in, in almost like kidding, in a kidding way, like, maybe what if... You know, what if I got raped today? Like, what if, what if, so like, I'm in a place where I'm behind bars, and I was at, at handcuffed at the time. It was the only time that I ever really thought about what it could be like for someone to overtake my body. And and when I thought about that, it, it made me, it clued me into conversations that I've been having over the years with my sisters. I got five sisters, uh, with my close friends. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a psychologist, so a lot of the people in my life are social scientists, which are women, I'm in arts and that kind of stuff. So I had a lot of women that in my life and I've been hearing all these stories around what it takes to even consider going on a date with someone. Um, I had mm-hmm. a woman uh, one time take a picture of my license plate and text it to her friend. Like th- that kind of stuff. I've never even thought about what that's like to walk into a car with a stranger who could hurt me. Like I never even think about that. And so that type of privilege uh, goes into this idea where men are oblivious to the kinds of things that are harming women that we contribute to, whether it's the music we listen to or whether it's just the little sayings we say. I got a four-year-old son, and I've already had to check people who've come up to him like, oh, he's handsome. He's going to be a little player when he grow up. Or he gonna be a, he's going to be a lady killer. Like we say, we call little cute kids lady killers and don't even think mm. about the, 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 the danger and some of the language that we build up from the time when they just playing. They ain't even think about nothing. They just playing. They just living their life. We got Legos and, and, and coloring books, but we are putting these messages into a, about one, you are better than the women, and that if you decide to exercise your power or your authority over them, then there are little consequences for that. Most times it won't get reported. If it does get reported, there's ways that we can explain away how she was at fault for that. Like she shouldn't have returned a gate engagement ring. And so just the, the framing of the conversation, the positioning of men over women um, mimics the power dynamics in the system, which is a bigger problem than individual people that get caught for rape. Um, and so men, it's hard, it's hard for us to see that because uh, ultimately because we are at the, the top of that food chain. Obari, thank you so much. Listen, if anybody is in the Chicago area on Thursday, October 20th, from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Um, at the Knowledge of Self Training and Development Center on uh, at um, 10340, 103rd 40. How else would you say it? 10340. <laughs> <laughs> 103rd and 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, yeah, just like uh, that. Southwestern yeah, Avenue, Sweet 2B, Chicago, Illinois. Um, please um, get to this event. You can get tickets for the event at Dr. O-B-A-R-I-C-A-R-T-M-A-N.com. That's There's no tickets. You can just come. Oh, okay. See, I was just trying to read the information. Well, then you just need to go on and um, come on, and, come on, Chris. come on, and, and and get some of this what he's given because it is so. It's some important. edification. Yes. Well, it it's also so very important. holistic. We have a tendency to try to solve 
ills mm-hmm. and solve wounds by solving one half of it mm-hmm. right, or right, dealing right, with the right. victim the same way right, we right. deal with rape culture we do the same thing with bullying we deal with the right. victims yeah, and yeah, not yeah, with yeah. the bullies and right. we don't realize that you know or we deal with you know we deal with ptsd but we don't deal with the the environment that brings it to place mm-hmm. and we don't bring with we don't deal with all the complexities that come along with those layers of mental health which is also another double indemnity in the black community because we like for Jesus to save us and not to lay on a couch. Oh, Lord. Oh, you know, that is another show, um, Obari. We'll have to come back for that one. That is a whole nother show. Um, again, the event is Raising Our Sons, Preventing Black Male Violence Against Women. Thank you Obari, so much, sir. Real, real quick, Kyla. Yes. Obari, yeah. Dr. Obari, who would you like to come to that event? What? What? I mean, I have a nephew who's um, 19. I have, you know, I think a lot of people could get a lot out of it, but I think mm-hmm. what's your um, target audience? Um, the 19-year-olds are cool, um, but also the parents of the 19-year-olds are cool. So the book that I wrote was for young men, but it's intended for the coaches and teachers to buy and have conversations with. And so it's, it's one thing for me to go in and do a one-hour seminar and say all the right things, but it's a whole other thing for there to be follow-up for the people in, inside of the boys' lives to engage in this conversation on a constant basis. I want families there. I want the people who, who are around the young man that can shape the conversations that he's having to be thinking about some of the stuff in ways that uh, I've learned that are important. Gotcha. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yes, you, you will be invited back, so I hope you will come back because we need... To. We need the salve that you give him. We need to rub this cream that you give it on our culture. <laughs> it's got some uh, shea butter in it, right? It really has. Absolutely. It okay, totally okay. has shea butter. It totally has shea butter. Thank you so much, sir. Talk to you soon. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Thank love. you. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. Good night. Good night. Well, ladies. That just did my spirit so good. I think I go to sleep now. And I think that that is the best note to end on this evening. Thank you, ladies, so much. Um, Dr. Obari gave us life. And uh, we needed it because I did start this conversation a little angry. And I just needed to hear that somebody is doing that work. Don't forget there's some good brothers. There's... Good people everywhere. I mean, here's the thing. This is what the internet does to us. This is what the Channel 9 News does to us. This is WGN. You mean the FAUX News? (laughs) This is it. The full news. news. I mean, if you keep watching that business, you will think, like, just jump off the bridge. Like, there's no reason to continue. And you will not know that there are black men in this world that are doing such amazing work and are really there to support their community. Mm-hmm. That are in the trenches. Right. I mean, because, and I think, but I think it's purposeful that we don't know it. Let's be real. Yeah. 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 Because we find stories about lame stuff all the time. 
So these stories are available for the news cycle, for the media, for even ourselves to share amongst each other in our grassroots organizations and our grassroots conversations. And we have a tendency to to go for the negative. And I mean, it's easy to go for the negative. It's easy to go for the hopelessness of it all. Oh, it's so much. And, it's, and it, we even find entertainment in it. Girls, listen to yes. this. This is right. yeah. bullshit right here. Right. right. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and even like places that they're up with, right. they're fabulous, wonderful, brilliant, smart, funny, kind, genuine people all around us doing just regular, like the dude who holds the door open for you. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's little magnificence there, there happening are, every day. Just like there are microaggressions, there is micro kindness in the yep. world. Ooh. Yeah, and I so much hear more uh, more often hear the word microaggression, which I'm super salty about. We'll talk about academia on on another <laughs> podcast. Yes, that's a oh god, I have a whole like <laughs> I have a whole thing about microaggression. Yes, but there there is also micro kindness. There are these moments of brightness and bright light in the world that are there to like really toxicity yeah exactly and people really trying to do the work girls we have gone so far over it's disgusting so i I would like for you guys to join us great night it was a great night it's always a great night with my girls uh join us next week for a brand new installment of high tea with carla stillwell co-host please wish our listeners a good night Good night. Love to all. Big hugs. Once again, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for High Tea with Carla Stillwell and subscribe. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash PCR High T. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-host, good night. I love you ladies so much. I love Thank you. Thank you all for love being you. at my table. Download new episodes of High Tea with Carla Stillwell every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychuloradio.com every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Good night.